if you can have faith that there are good things ahead of you, no matter how dark it may be in the moment, then that that is where your power lies, right? Hey, everybody. Emily Abadi here. You are listening to Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential and, of course, have some fun along the way. Today, I am talking about something that I have been keeping close to the vest, so to speak, for a really long time now. I guess to be a little bit more specific, since February of this year. And that is my journey navigating anxiety and depression. I knew that I wasn't going to record on this or talk about this until I truly felt ready and good. I say it all the time on the show. It's something that Ash Wilking said to me when we sat down a few years back, and it's that you have to be careful that the sword you use to help others isn't the one that you fall on. And for me, I can truly say that now... I have come so far in my journey and I have such a deep and beautiful understanding of where I'm at, where I was, the lessons that I've learned from this chapter in my life and so much more. And I feel truly at peace and comfortable to speak on it. I also feel very purposeful in speaking on it right now. This episode originally coming out Thanksgiving week. And it's a time of year where we slow down and reflect a bit and think about everything that's happened. And I am so, so, so thankful to be here having this conversation, thinking about how far I've come and how grateful I am to be out on the other side of what was a really difficult hurdle for me. I'm happy to report that these days I do genuinely, for the most part, feel very, very happy and very lucky. And I want you to know that I am truly good. I'm so good. I feel supported and loved and so sure that I have the most wonderful people in my life. And I feel bright and that feels good. I also want to reiterate that I am not a licensed expert to help anyone else with their mental health journey. So with that said, although I can speak on my own experience, if you or someone you know is struggling, I highly encourage you to speak with a licensed therapist or psychiatrist and know that there are other resources, which I will list in the show notes, including a few different national helplines. And the last thing that I do want to say before I get into today's episode is that I am so grateful to 
everyone, every single person who has supported me during uh, this chapter. I know that there are going to be people that listen to this that are in my life and that I care about that maybe I haven't opened up to entirely about this chapter. And then also I am opening up about this for strangers to hear as well. And I'm doing this truly because I believe that there were people that helped me along the way that were vocal about their journey that helped me get over this hurdle. And I want to do the same for others. Know that if we are close IRL and we haven't spoken about this, it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with me. And that's it. Okay. Here goes nothing with that. Let's get to it. Let's get to hurdling. It was Monday, January 31st, the first time that I wondered if maybe I was depressed. I had just finished up my work day and I was looking forward to quote unquote meeting up with friends to take a Peloton class and something happened with the system and there was a glitch and I couldn't log in. I remember feeling really frustrated a little more than the situation should warrant. And I made the decision to cook myself a nice dinner instead of working out, which sounded great at the moment. I went over to my cabinet to get a pan out of the bottom area. And when I pulled out the pan that I wanted to use, it triggered an avalanche of all of the pans in the cabinet. And as they all clamored and fell onto the floor around my feet, I fell on the floor too. And I sat there beside myself, crying, overwhelmed, overwhelmed with so many feelings that I can barely articulate right now, I felt alone and frustrated and angry and so many things. And in this moment, I knew that something was off. Now, to to premise what I had been navigating up until this point, I would say for maybe six weeks to two months by the beginning of February, I had been feeling off. I had been feeling stuck. I was sitting at my computer during the workday and nothing was happening. And I would feel as though hours and hours would go by and I'd ask myself, where did the time go? I felt incapable of doing the things that I was once thriving at doing. Small tasks felt absolutely like I was gearing up to climb Everest. And I keep going back to the word stuck because I recall that earlier that day, I had been watching a video on social media and 
someone who was speaking on the topic of anxiety and depression, she said that for her, when it came to identifying her symptoms, the word that she kept coming back to was that it was that she felt stuck. At this time in my life, I had worked with a therapist, in fact, a couple of different therapists. I had recently started working with a life coach, and I feel as though I had a good grasp on a routine that typically in lives prior, it felt like, helped me come back to calm and navigate what was often unpredictable days a busy schedule, traveling, and all the feelings that go hand in hand with being a woman in your mid-30s. And so back to that evening, I, I get up off the floor and I text one of my dearest friends who happens to also be a doctor, and I asked her to give me a call when she had some time. She, this never happens. This is one of those, like, this happens for you in retrospect moments, but she called almost right away. And I said to her when she picked up the phone, I said, I need to talk to you as both my best friend and a doctor. And she listened. And I told her how I had been feeling and what was going on and how for the first time in my life, I was wondering if this was something bigger than me, if this was something that maybe I had never navigated before. And trust me, I have been in situations that have felt emotionally challenging, ranging from your oh-so-typical breakup to uh, losing my job, but never has it felt so completely out of my control. Never have I ever been able to not implement habits or speak to someone and notice a measurable shift. And after speaking to her, I asked her, I said, do you think that maybe it's time I look into going on medication? And she said, as your best friend, I hate to hear that you feel this way. And it's also completely understandable that you feel how you feel. She totally, totally validated my feelings. She said, as a doctor, if you were my patient, I would probably ask you some more questions. And since I'm not your doctor, <laughs> what I would recommend to you is that maybe for the next two weeks, you do the things that you know you have in your toolbox, right? You commit some time to actively trying to get out of this funk as we've described it, not trying to downplay your feelings, but just saying like, let's give this one more go before you make the decision to lean into medication. And should that be an avenue that you want to pursue? I'm here to answer whatever questions you might have. And since she doesn't live in New York State, I would have to then seek out a physician who would be able to sit down with me and then prescribe me said medication. Now, for those of you who may not be familiar with treatment for anxiety and depression, there are a few different avenues that you can go down for treatment, including talk therapy, psychotherapy, and then, of course, medications. Uh, there are a lot of different types of antidepressants 
And I decided to look into an SSRI, which stands for a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Uh, Generally speaking, as explained to me, these can be safer and cause fewer side effects. And I'll say this, like after that night, that night was it's like an inflection point for me, right? It's a moment that I think back on and it feels so like it was just yesterday. But I did notice that opening up about how I was feeling was a really big help. But as the days went on, a couple weeks down the road, I realized that I was still stuck. I was still sitting and staring at my computer. I still felt unproductive. I still felt as though I wasn't capable. I felt a lack of hope. And I notably, despite implementing and being really strict on the habits that otherwise are used to make me feel really good in my body, it just, it wasn't the same. I went out on a Thursday in mid-February and drank a bottle of wine with friends. And I woke up the next morning feeling really foggy. But bigger than that, I woke up feeling beside myself and so alone and not in a good place. And I knew in that moment that something needed to change. And I typically go for a walk with a friend of mine on Friday mornings who lives in the neighborhood. I texted her and I said, I need to meet earlier. And we met earlier. And I remember distinctly like walking down 4th, I think it's 4th Avenue. And she was walking up 4th Avenue. And when I got to her, I just melted into her arms like sobbing. And this was not all that long after Omicron was really wild in New York. And so I was wearing a mask. And I remember she said to me, take off the mask so you can breathe. And I just stood there sobbing and trying to come up with words to articulate how I felt. And we started to walk. And I think we walked for three or four miles before we sat down and we had breakfast and I looked at her and I just knew in that moment that I needed to make a change and I needed to figure this out. And so that day, I made a doctor's appointment uh, that was two weeks out because I couldn't find one before then. And I, at least in that moment, knew that I had an avenue that I could pursue to hopefully talk to someone to get the help that I needed. The day of the doctor's appointment arrives, and that morning I get a call that the doctor had to call out and that the next available appointment wasn't for three more weeks. And if you had seen me in that moment, I was beside myself, frustrated about my lack of access, frustrated about how much this was going to cost me to try to see someone at my wits end, knowing that, and this is something that I'll get into shortly, but if I was to get on medication literally that day, SSRIs take a moment to start working, to build up in your system. So even if I had gone to the doctor that day, got a prescription, filled the prescription, it could be between two weeks and gosh, for some people, it can take as much as two months to truly feel relief, right? 
And so I'm crying and texting my life coach and she says to me, bless her, how can you think about if this is working for you right now? And I said, I was like, I know where you're going with this and I hear you, but right now I just need to feel truly sad in this moment because I am so frustrated. In that moment, I remembered that a friend of mine told me she got her prescription when she had her own similar hurdle moment of sorts navigating her mental health through one medical. And it was during the pandemic. And that was when you couldn't go in person to see a physician, I believe. And so she did it in a virtual online on the phone consultation. And so I said, F it. If I can throw $200, I'm very lucky that I have this capability, throw $200 at this and join one medical and get a same day doctor's appointment, which wasn't available to me otherwise, and get this prescription, then I'm, I'm all in. And so that's what I did. I joined One Medical. I got an appointment later that day with a nurse practitioner. And I sat down in her office and I just sobbed. And I was so frustrated and tired of having to chase my tail around my legs to get help for this thing and how broken is our system that I couldn't talk to anyone. I couldn't Find someone who could help me get the help that I needed. And that is as someone who, like, I, despite the hurdles that I face, like, feel privileged with my access to care anyway. Anyway, I mean, that's a whole other conversation. But I left that day and had a prescription and filled my prescription. And I don't necessarily feel like it's important for me to tell you what I ultimately went on. And I won't talk about the dosage that I went on. But what I will say is that within two weeks, I felt different. And the words that came back into my vocabulary were capable and hopeful. And instead of sitting on the kitchen floor, crying tears that I felt like I had no control over, I felt for the first time in so long, like truly present in my body and joyous and capable and hopeful and good and relieved. And it kills me when I think I, I that word relief, right? I spoke with Kelsey Plum a week or two ago on the show. She's a WNBA player and she talks about how during the what should have been, I hate the word should, but what should have been by popular standards, the most joyous time in her life, the first WNBA draft pick 2017, she was in the darkest place and no one around her knew. And that it took her years through therapy and different medications until she finally found relief. And so I feel truly blessed, like truly, absolutely blessed that for me, in a time that felt so difficult, that I was able to have access to something that could help me feel better in my body in a shorter amount of time. With that said, everyone is different. And this is the journey that felt right for me. 
a note on side effects just with any medication. Of course, there's room for something to happen as a byproduct. For me, I gained a little bit of weight, I would say between like eight and 10 pounds. And that was definitely, it was challenging for me as someone who has a history of weight loss, navigating how that made me feel. But ultimately, I knew that I felt better mentally, so much better than I had before. And I would gain those eight to 10 pounds all over again if it meant that I could find that relief. Of course, this was just my situation. I, as I mentioned, know other people on medication for depression that did not experience weight gain or other side effects. It's so interesting for me reflecting back on it because I think about some of the things that happened in December and January leading up to this big hurdle moment for me. I similar to some of the years when I felt truly unhappy in my body in early college and high school, I don't have a lot of memories from December 21 and January 22. There are parts of that period of time that I have totally blacked out and things that I have said and things that I did that I... I struggle with that. But what I know is that I did the best I could at the time with with what I had. I also think about that time and my experience knowing that my personality was that I didn't want to burden the people that cared about me with these feelings But when I say that now and I think back to that period of time, the reality is, is that I know that the people that care about me would have wanted to know because they would have wanted to help me. I think I have so much pride in being this woman single in my mid 30s, an entrepreneur doing this thing, trying to just like thrive to the best of my ability that I never want to show like a weakness, right? But I know now and I've known for so long that there is so much grace to be had and that vulnerability is relatable. It's part of the reason why I'm telling you this story, why I'm opening up here. Perfection is not relatable, period. And I knew in telling this story that I wanted to make sure that I was offering concrete, actionable takeaways to whoever's listening to this and hopefully that those takeaways from my journey can help you on yours. And so the first thing I'll say, the first lesson is that I know we say this all the time, but you really have absolutely no effing clue what someone is going through on their own time. It could literally even be your closest friend who is struggling in some capacity. At this point, genuinely, like even some of my closest friends and for sure, like maybe my extended family, you know, they don't know to the extent that I've just described what I went through. And I want to make sure that I reiterate that, again, that had nothing to do with you and everything that had to do with me and how I needed to navigate that situation at the time. I also say the 
you don't know what someone's going through tidbit because I hope that that encourages everyone and anyone to approach all situations with grace. You never know who was sitting on their kitchen counter the night before with their head in their hands just trying to cope and get to the next breath, the next day, the next to do, right? And so, yeah, that grace is, it's really important. Uh, Like I said, the second takeaway really is that if you decide that uh, going on a medication might be right for you, know that it will take time to kick in. And, And that was something that was really difficult for me as I had to navigate all these different doctor's appointments because all I wanted so badly was that relief that I knew was already so far away. So have some patience and perhaps find other strategies. Make sure you have people to talk to to discuss how you're feeling uh, as perhaps that kicks in. And also let it be known that like medication may be something that you think will work for you and then it's just not the right fit. You might not like how you feel on it. There are so many different things that can happen. My third takeaway, and these kind of go together, is that you would probably be very surprised if you knew how many people around you are taking something to navigate anxiety and depression. I... (laughs) Uh, So many people, (laughs) so many people. And it wasn't until I vocalized what I was going through that people in my life that I have extremely open and beautiful relationships with mentioned that they too were on something and I, I just didn't know. And to talk to those people and hear their experiences with being on an SSRI and the good and for a few, the bad, and things to be cognizant of, it was so helpful. It was so helpful. The things that I didn't know beforehand about it taking time to kick in or that when you start, you're probably going to want to go up in dosage, but you have to start at one place and then communicate with your physician before they can up you to that next level. These were things I would have had no clue about hadn't I found someone to speak to about this. Anxiety and depression does not discriminate. So just because someone looks like they have it all together, perhaps on your social media, that means absolutely nothing because maybe they too now have the tools that I've expressed that have been helpful for me, like medication and a therapist and a life coach and a regular wellness routine and a regular fitness routine. Maybe they have done all of this work so that they can show up as a better, happier version of themselves, which empowers them to be there for you. And you, again, had no idea that this legwork even happened. You know, I've had so much empathy for everyone that has given me their time and come on the show and talk to me about their experience navigating anxiety and depression But it wasn't until I went through this hurdle moment on my own that I really understood. And we hear that saying, you know, frequently, right? It's like, I might not understand, but I stand. And it kills me that there is such a stigma about asking for help, help that can make you 
enjoy your life because we all deserve that. We deserve the joy. I mentioned earlier when my life coach asked me if I could think about the doctor canceling on me as something that maybe was happening for me. And in that moment, it was completely impossible for me to think that way because I was just so beside myself. But in retrospect, I felt really grateful that it happened because I ended up seeing a great expert, a great nurse practitioner at One Medical who, as I mentioned, I had to follow up with multiple times. And she had a care and concern for me that I am convinced the woman at the walk-in clinic just would not have had. And that, I think, is the biggest through line of all of this for me now when I look back on the last year almost of navigating this is that it did happen for me. And just like every hurdle moment, it is so hard to see the bright side, to look for the sun when you feel like the curtains are drawn and you're sitting in the dark. But the reality is, is that if you can have faith that there are good things ahead of you, no matter how dark it may be in the moment, then that, that is where your power lies, right? No matter how lost, stuck, hopeless, not capable I felt, I always trusted that I would find a way out. I really, really did. And I had to come to terms with and be okay with the fact that it wouldn't happen in a snap of my fingers, right? It wouldn't. But if I had patience and I did the best I could to surround myself with people that truly cared about me, like truly cared about me, I... <laughs> I remember when things started to get better and I was coming out of the fog, the friends that knew truly like what was going on with me at my core, when they check on me as a single 34-year-old woman, I'm like sitting here shaking my head because it felt, I felt so blessed like so truly fortunate to have people in my life that wanted so much good for me. And how dare I ever think that my feelings to those people would ever be a burden. You will never be a burden to people who genuinely care about you. And anyone who ever makes you feel that way, anyone who ever makes you feel othered, they're not your person. Now, of course, I say that with a caveat that things happen and apologies can happen too. But know that on a regular basis, you deserve to feel loved. You deserve to feel joy. I can't say that enough. And you truly, truly have so much value and worth no matter what that little voice in your head is saying otherwise. I do want to also make sure that I note that in my experience, I'd never had any sort of suicidal thoughts. But of course... I mentioned Kelsey Plum. She speaks on navigating those other people I've had on the show. I know Alex Silver Fagan talks so beautifully and openly about her mental health struggles as well. I also can't forget Alexi Pappas. I mean, these are just some of the great conversations I've had that touch on a lot of the themes and the things that I've spoken about throughout this episode. Regardless of what 
symptoms or your experience may be, know that you are not alone in how you feel and that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Again, I'm including in the show notes some resources. If this really rings true for you, um, I'm happy to do that. And I hope, man, that my story helps someone else. And I hope that my story encourages you to be kind. And I hope that, you know, it's so crazy as I sit here and think about the the different types of people that could be listening to this right now. And I thought that I'd feel a little anxious about it, but mostly I just feel at peace. I'm better for what I went through and I'm better for knowing what I know now. To wrap up maybe some loose ends, like I said in the intro, I truly just feel, I feel like a light inside of me these days and I feel confident and happy and like I'm back to feeling (laughs) good in my body. While I'm still at this point taking medication for this, I have had conversations about uh, eventually weaning off of the medication and seeing how that feels. Now that I do genuinely just feel a lot more homeostasis in my life, it's something I'm interested in, but not something I'm necessarily running to. So I'll do the best I can with what I have. I'll keep using the tools in my toolbox. And I just want to say thank you for the space, for listening, and for encouraging me, even maybe without knowing, (laughs) during some really difficult days. I'm better because of you. And I mean that. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. (laughs) 